So we're starting a new, I get the first part one of a series called Prayer and the Holidays, right? Pastor Sam, prayer in the holidays or prayer and the holidays? Prayer through the holidays, right? I got it right. That's why they don't let the youth pastor up that much because uh, can't even get the sermon title right. Prayer through the holidays. So my first point, first point started with prayer. You can't have prayer through the holidays without faith. Because if we don't have faith, then guess what? Everything we've just been doing is for crazy folks. Right? If we don't have faith, then we're just standing here shouting and praising to no one. If we, have, if we don't have faith, then when you pray and you complain, people say, why is that person over there just complaining? Like, they're just walking around saying Jesus and God. Like, well, who are they talking about? Like, we have to have faith. Faith, our first verse. If you've if you got your Bibles, got your iPads, whatever you've got to have the word, go to Hebrews 11, verse 1. And when you get there, say, I'm there. Say, already there. He was, he was predicting my message. Hallelujah. You're there, you're there. It's okay to talk in church. You can say I'm there. Some of y'all are scared to say I'm there, I'm there. You're there, yes. Been there, okay. All right, somebody in the future. Been there, okay. I'm also thankful, I was thankful for... um, my brother, brother C.C., Chris Comstock, and his wife Stephanie for the, for the stage design because when I used, last year when I spoke a message and they had these lovely snowflakes on the background, but the back of the wall was completely black. And so I told Chris, like, hey, man, um, we got to go through my outfits because I don't want to just look like teeth and eyes just floating up here <laughs> on the screen. So I'm thankful for now we can light up the background stage with different colors. So, again, just having that thankful heart. Are you there at Hebrews? So I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. Verse 1 says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. I'm going to read it again. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Now, there's another scripture that ties along with this in Romans. It says that we have all been given the same measure of faith. So everyone in here was given the same measure of faith. You did not have a different level of faith to start with because of whatever. Because you weren't, you don't live in Texas or you weren't born in Texas, that you got less than faith because God loves Texas. Like you didn't, like if you're an Aggie, like, and God says, I'm sorry, like he still gave you the same measure of faith. And I like to start with stories too, Pastor Chris. Um, My parents used to exercise this faith. They used to give us a test of faith. So growing up, and now my mom is just already shaking her head right there. She's like, oh, Lord, what is he about to say? So growing up in the Sims household, you did not get your license until you were 18. Mama said no 16-year-old does not know how to drive because you have to always drive defensively. And if you've been down Broadway the past couple of days, you have to defensively, offensively drive because people are just driving crazy. And so we couldn't get our license until we were 18. But once we got our license, they would give us task or something they would do. Hey, while you're out, can you get this? Hey, when you go to the store, can you pick this up? And 
Dad would give big bills occasionally for you to go get something that probably didn't require all that much. So he would say, hey, uh, make sure you get um, some pizza today. We're going to eat pizza, uh, so I'm going to give you, uh, give you, a dollar, you know, some money to go get pizza. So dad would pull out his wallet, and he'd pull out $100, and he'd give it to me. Now, $100 to an 18-year-old, that may not be a lot to you right now, but to an 18-year-old, I felt like a lad, and I was like, a whole new world. <laughs> some video games and beef jerky. I'll buy some gummy worms. No, sorry. Did I get that right, Israel? Israel, did I hit that? Israel Bravo, did I hit it? Can I brag on one of my youth for just a moment? Um, Israel Bravo was in a play last year, and he said, I'm going to be in this play. Pastor Roger, can you come watch? I said, yeah, tell me all the dates. I'm putting in my phone. I said, what's the play? He's like, it's Aladdin. I was like, oh, that's so great. Um, what part are you going to be? Aladdin. Wait, what? <laughs> the main character in the play. We got some talented people in 212. 212 Youth has some talented people, and he had that solo part, A Whole New World, and he killed it. And I stood up. I was like, you better sing that song, Aladdin. <laughs> and everybody looked at me like I was crazy. But $100 given to an 18-year-old is like a whole new world, like, oh, my gosh. But what they were doing, because they never ordered us to bring back their change. But in the back of their mind, they were thinking, you better bring me back change, because I know you are not getting $100 worth of pizza. But there was never a doubt in what the amount of money they gave you that it was enough to complete the task that was in front of you. So dad never, or mom, never gave us too little of money to go get any grocery, any item, whatever it is. They always gave us more than enough. Everybody says more than enough. So the scripture says that here's what faith is. And then another scripture says you've been given the same measure of faith. So just as my loving parents testing our faith and testing if we were really crazy enough to go only spend $15 on pizza and keep $85, I do the math right, $85 of change, just as, as, as that happened, they gave us more than enough. God is saying, I'm never going to give you less than. Your measure of faith that you got to start with is never less than the task that's in front of you. He gave you everything that you needed to accomplish your dreams, your passions, your desires, your destinies. Some of you guys are questioning right now, what am I doing with my life? What is the call of God in my life? And God's saying, I've given you everything you needed to complete what I've placed inside your heart. I've given you more than enough. Everybody say more than enough. So we need faith through the holidays. Point number two. Prayer isn't about God knowing who you are. It's about you knowing who God is. Faith, prayer isn't about God knowing who you are. It's about you knowing who God is. Because, again, we're going back to the one who gave us the faith, right? So we're going to him with our complaints, our problems, our issues, our complaints, our problems, our issues, we go to God with all these things that we really just we're, just, we're just so upset about. And why would you be going to him unless you believe 
that he has all the power. So why would you go to him unless you believe completely that he has all the power to take care of the situation? Again, if, we're, if we don't believe, then what are we doing? We are wasting our time. But it's not about us just knowing like, okay, well, um, well I, I really need to make a name for myself. I need to make sure that I'm well known in, in church circles because then God answers my prayers. No. It says he knows the number of hairs on your head or lack thereof for some of us. He knows every a piece of hair. He, it says before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. He, he knew you. He knew you, he knew you, he knew you. So it's about knowing who God is. Because I know, I know that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I know that. What does that mean? That means that my God, my dad loves giving gifts. I know that nothing can separate me from his love. What does that mean? That I can't run away from him. I know that his mercies are new every morning. Guess what that means? His grace doesn't run out. I know that he will never leave me nor forsake me. That means he is always with me. I know that about my God. I know that about my heavenly father. How do, you, how do I know that? I know that just because I've spent time with him. Just because I got to know him. It's just like any relationship. You just got to spend time. You just got to take the time to know. I know that when I walk into the holiest of holies of Chick-fil-A and I order my meal that I know my wife wants a number one, no pickles. And she doesn't want ketchup. She doesn't like ketchup. Give her barbecue sauce. Give her lots of barbecue sauce. And then she wants to eliminate with no ice. I know that. She doesn't have to tell me. If I say I'm going to Chick-fil-A, she's like, you know what I want. Like, I already got it. Why? Because I know her. I know her, and that's just Chick-fil-A. So how much does God want to know you and knows you and loves you and wants to say, I already know what you're going through. Just give it to me. Just give it to me. Just come to me. Just come to me. And we took a time with our youth. We took a, a moment, and we said, God is, and we left a blank. And we went through, and we divided up into groups, and we said, what is God? What is God to you? Who is God? And so we came up with these things, and they're going to show on the screen a couple things to highlight who God is. And there are a couple things that we talked about. And we, for all of these words, we found scriptures to back up who God is. We came up with a total, I believe it was 77, and we stopped at 77. We could have kept going. But things like that he is wonderful, that he's forgiveness, that he's nurturing. There's a scripture that says he's nurturing. He's trustworthy. It says he is faithful. Acceptance, that he accepts you completely where you are right now, that there's healing, that he's, he's, he's awesome, that he's peace. And we went through and we found a scripture for all of these words so that they could know who God is, so that you can begin to understand that all of these things is in your heavenly Father for you. Think about that for, for a second. That, that, that encompasses just part, just part of how amazing he is. And he says, yeah, and I, all of this, all of those things wants to be with you. Again, prayer, when we're praying, this is who you're going to. You're going to someone who is who's a healer, someone who accepts you, someone who accepts you. Someone need to hear that this morning. 
that you're accepted. That if no one else accepts you, God accepts you. And because God accepts you, guess what? New Covenant Church accepts you. That you are welcome here. You are home. Why? Because because he, he's the reason we're here. He, he, he lords over all this. This is, this is all for him. And because acceptance is in him, acceptance is in us for you. Doesn't matter how many churches may have told you no. Someone needs to hear. Someone, doesn't matter how many churches may have asked you to leave. How many churches may have not been there. Doesn't matter how many Christian people did you wrong. Your father accepts you. Doesn't matter how many people judge you for for the times where you missed it, your father accepts you. And because he accepts you, we accept you. If if the father, the creator of the heavens and earth, if he said you're accepted, I'm not going to argue with what he says. So you're accepted in the house. You're accepted here this morning. Amen? Amen. So that's who our God is. That's who we're serving. All right, moving right along. Number three. I only got four points, guys, and I'm already on number three. I'm glad no one stood up and said, "Woo, we're about to be out. So thank you for that. That, that blessed my heart. If somebody had stood up, I might have cried. Um, point number three. So when we're praying through the holidays, we have faith. We know who God is, and then we're praying from a place of victory. Jesus was the complete total package for us. He defeated the power of death in the grave. He provided healing and wholeness with nothing missing, nothing lacking. Nothing missing, nothing lacking. That was so profound to me whenever I was growing up in youth group and Pastor Corey said nothing missing, nothing lacking in Jesus. And that right there takes away this concept that I have to have it all together. Because he did it for us. He's saying, just in me, there's nothing missing, nothing, nothing lacking. There's nothing that you will need in me. So with that, I, I, I came up with this. Okay, it's, it's cheesy, but you can just go with me, church. Um, so I remember, like, all these different volleyball camps had these three words, bump, set, spike. If anybody played volleyball, I remember this. Because you got three hits. You got to get back over the net. If you never played volleyball, talk to a friend. They'll tell you how. Um, but Jesus was the complete package. So bump was the sinless life he lived. Set was the cross. Spike was the resurrection and ascension to heaven. Okay. Can I go over that again? So bump, sinless life he lived. Set the cross. Spike the resurrection. Okay, maybe that was just for me, Lord. I'm sorry. Like, that was just like, you needed to hear that. The church already knows that. But, but just to remember, to, I was just reminding myself, you know, he didn't, you know, he didn't say sweet baby Jesus in the manger, all cute and cuddly. Like, he actually grew up. He lived a life. And, and the cross is, is, is where, is where the, 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 the start of, his, of the enemy's defeat. But the resurrection, the resurrection, the resurrection is what we celebrate. I remember the cross. But I celebrate and worship a resurrected king. Again, this is how this all makes sense. Because, again, if, there, if our faith is not believing in this, then what are we doing? If we're not believing in a resurrected king, then what are we doing? 
Okay. Y'all with me on that? Okay, so y'all are good. So we'll just go on to the fourth point, my last point. And we're going to have a chance after we talk about prayer, we talk about faith, I'm going to give you an opportunity to activate the prayer this morning, okay? So the worship team is going to get ready to come back because we are going to take a moment to pray. But something that's really important. is we have to make sure that while we're praying, that it's not about ourselves. That there are certain things I've started to hear in Christian lingo and Christian talk and Christianese. And what's happened, we've started to devalue prayer. And that's come with an elevation of self. So you have to avoid devaluing prayer. But what has happened is because we've, we've devalued prayers, because we've started to make it about us. We have made this whole concept about us. And we've made it about what can I do. Now, don't get me wrong. Faith takes action. You can't just sit around and do nothing. But your trust and your hope is still on the Lord. And I've heard people say this, I know I can pray, but what else can I do? I know I can pray, but I know I can, I know I, I can, I can get, go into my place and I can go to the Father who controls everything and who has the, the, he's hung the stars in the sky and he knows them by name and he has a plan that's rotating. I know I can go to him, but, but what else can I do? Church, wait, what, what more do you want to do? So I don't want us to devalue prayer where it becomes a mundane thing and we take away that it is one of the most powerful tools you have as a believer. Think about that. If your friend was on trial and you had the ability to go to the judge and talk to him beforehand and say, hey, let me tell you about he's, he's, he's not a bad person. She's, she's really great. You know, this person, they're really being missed, they're, they're, they're being misinterpreted what happened. Do you think that would have an impact on the situation if you got a chance to talk to the judge before a friend was on trial? This means yes. So while a friend, brother, sister, family member is going through a hard time, or they may call it a trial, in life, you have the opportunity to go on their behalf to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and you get to plead, pray, declare their case with him. And his word says you get to do that. You get to do that. That's, that's, a, that's a weapon you have. That's a tool you have. That is something that the enemy cannot stand. He can't stand your praise, and he can't stand your prayers. Because he's like, man, they're going over my head again. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to bring destruction, and they keep bringing God into the situation. Now I know I'm going to lose. Because you're saying, I'm, I can't, we're not going to be, devil, we're not going to get in an argument match back and forth. I'm going to go tell my dad. This, this ain't, this ain't going to be a debate. We're not going to see who looks better, who's better, who, who can outwit each other. I'm just going to my dad, and this is over. 
that's what you have the opportunity to do. But we care about the other stuff. We want to elevate ourselves. We want to make sure we look good. We want to make sure we get all the likes on social media, Facebook, and Instagram. We want to make sure that, that everyone gets to hear, you know, my part and hear what I did. When it's truly all about giving glory to God. When it's truly all about who he is in us and who he is through us.